Right, gang? You like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 227, Episode 3 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist! It's a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. Mm -hmm. It's Wednesday, March 9th, 2022, which of course means it's National Barbie Day. Mm, get your Barbies out. You know, I honor Barbie every day, but that's it's good for other people, for the non-real Barbie heads. To, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. And more importantly. What else uh, more importantly, you? National Crab Meat Day. Yeah. That, and it's spelled correctly. It's spelled like crab meat. So not not an imitation Oh, you know, not a I thought you meant like imitate, like M E E T, like it was a track meet or something, but for crab, <laughs> crab like meat, hey, you going to that crab, crab meet? Up? Oh, Isn't that what they do to like let you know that it's imitation? Yeah, crab. with a K. Yeah, with a crab, with a K. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is no imitation <laughs> celebration. This is uh, celebrating the real National Crab Meat Day. You big, you big crab fan? Yeah, I like crab. You like a soft shell crab? I don't think I fuck with soft shell crab other than like when it's deep fried in sushi yeah, rolls. That's what yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, like yeah. in a roll. Okay, I could just eat a deep fried crab like a fucking hamburger. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you're you have stronger digestive system than I do. I do. Yo, I eat like I I'm the kind of guy I eat shrimp tails 
I do it all. I eat the whole exoskeleton, all that. Do you eat the apple whole, like the inside? No, my the dad would almost do that. Like I, I think I've told you about this. Like my earliest memory of driving in a, my dad's truck was having apple cores. Just the whole thing was littered with apple cores, but right. to like the thinnest point. And I'm like, you must have eaten had seeds too and you were just right. spitting them out i don't know do you eat the bone in a fry in a piece of fried chicken like uh that dude for the patriots does no but i've seen my friend's dad would eat the marrow out of fried chicken bones yeah or like try and suck shit. a little bit of chicken yeah. put marrow on like, this you're not like done it. till it's hollow all right well my mm. name is jack o'brien aka it's been a while since i had Cold SpaghettiOs. That is courtesy of Christy Gucci Mane. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. But I may meet 500 miles, and I may meet 500 more. But you'll still be the miles that ate cookies and cream with Steven Urkel. <laughs> okay, shout out to CWGVO on the Discord. Yes, you picked up what I was putting down. Jaleel White put me on the cookies and cream, and I don't know if it's my love for family matters or that I think it's just actually a good flavor of ice cream that, you know, extends my love to this day. Still trying to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I know, like, at least a couple people who like cookies and cream ice cream and never ate it with Urkel. So it might yeah. be, it yeah. might just be the ice cream doing the work, but. It could be. Did yeah. you, I also felt like it was a thing where like you went to like a, you know, like when you're in elementary school, like in social like st structures are still forming and like there's like mm -hmm. a cool kid and yeah. you're like, dude, that kid likes cookies and cream. That's what they had at his birthday. And you're like, oh shit, that's yeah. the way to go. But that's probably their mom. So who knows? Ooh, with today's guest, I get to ask him about my, my example of that, which I think is a regional delicacy to uh, Dayton, Ohio. But we've talked about it a little bit before on the okay. on the show. But we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat mm -hmm. by a hilarious comedian who you know from IFC, Sci-Fi, WTF with Mark Marin, and his podcast, Me and Paranormal You. It's the brilliant and hilarious Ryan Singer. Ryan, hey, I don't hey. have a song prepared for uh, my AKA today, but can I just talk about the Apple thing for a second? The Apple yeah. Wars, do it. Have you have you ever seen the videos about uh, how to properly eat an apple and how you can eat the whole thing and you don't even really realize that the core is part of it? If you eat the apple from the bottom up, oh, it Ow. changes. It's like that. It, you know, it's like one of those videos where you see like a banana eaten up. You know what we would consider to be upside down for the first time, and then how the the top stem part is kind of used as a handle by animals in nature and they eat the banana from the top and Whoa. the oh the because uh, we use the top to to sort of start the peel like it's yeah. easiest to split it from there but you're saying that it's wrong. actually not easiest to split it from there though it's easier to split it we have a lot of banana experience built up okay. over the past couple of years and, and it's very easy to split from the bottom yeah and oh. if you and i've tried the apple thing even though i know it works I still don't eat an apple that way all the time. I, I kind of like, you know, I kind of, I just love going in from the side. But what you do is you, you just twist off the, twist off that little stem up top and then just boom, you just go from the bottom. I guess you could probably even go from the top, but I think it's, I think it's more effective if you go from the bottom and then Ow, you do right. have to spit the seeds out or you just swallow them and 
you know, hope that the uh, myth from childhood isn't true, that, uh, you know, uh, an apple tree will start growing inside of your body, and which I always thought would have been pretty cool. But yeah, um, yeah. but that shit only kills like 20 to 30 people a year. <laughs> so, like, you don't have to worry about that. Just yeah, exactly. Massive apple tree exploding out from your stomach. <laughs> uh, right. I mean, what the the what is it? The biggest thing is like that little bit of arsenic. Yeah. But like yeah, it's it, again, it's, it's like a lot of a lot of shit that you have to eat like a wheelbarrow full to really yeah, start right. fucking you up. Like when I try to to hallucinate off Red Bull, mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot actually, and I didn't get there. I just had terrible stomach pains. Do you guys, when you speaking of bananas, last fruit question? Okay. Do you, when you eat a banana, like do you ever eat that like soft little like Audi belly button at the bottom? It's not soft actually. It's like kind of hard, you know. Like I've seen it referred to as the bananas, but do you know? <laughs> do you know what I mean it's like at the very tip? There's like a little, like, kind of blackish, like streaky. It almost seems like if bananas, like it, it's almost like deveining a piece of shrimp. Like that, it mm. looks like it has like a little vein of shit going through it. Yeah, I eat the whole banana. I mean, I you eat the whole I mean, banana. You even eat that eat part. Damn. Yeah, I eat the whole. I mean, I but I'm, I don't think I'm unique in this way. But you know, bananas are you know top three for me when it comes to fruit. Oh man. So I mean, I, I love, love bananas. A, I mean, and part of that might be because banana pudding is you know the you know it's in the Hall of Fame greatest desserts as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Banana cream pie. Oh yeah. Also in that Hall of Fame dessert mm-hmm. on that mantle. But so yeah, I. You know, I hate to waste any good banana. Although I recently found out that, you know, bananas are, you know, they're they're very productive when you need to, you know, if you need to make yourself use the bathroom, apparently. So it's like, mm. and I was like, why am I in the morning? Why is the morning always like kind of rough for me when I'm just chugging coffee and eating a banana for breakfast? And <laughs> smoking through cigarettes. Yeah. What the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah. Go through three, four cigarettes. Yeah. Half bottled wine. <laughs> Did you ever have a Buster Bar? Brian, when you were a kid in Dayton, I, you know I'm not sure what a Buster. I'm, I'm I I have not had a Buster bar. I don't. Okay. Think. Yeah, maybe it's not regional. Maybe it was just the cool kid in my elementary school served it at a birthday party. What's the like, what is it like a chocolate bar or is it a? Uh, it's ice cream bar. Oreo, like the melted ice cream refrozen is one of the ingredients. Chocolate Oreos and peanut butters, peanut butters oh. Oh, are okay. involved, and or sorry, peanuts, not peanut butter. Oh, this is from Dairy Queen. Yeah, I think Dairy Queen like made a themed dessert, but I think it started in the uh, in the trenches of American potlucks. Got it, got but it, got it's it. It's a it's a classic that Should I was real into bar. when I lived in Dayton. Well, I can tell you that I've I can tell you why I never had a Buster Bar because I just got into Oreo cookies about fourteen months ago. Wow. Wow. I was never into the, you know, I didn't, I didn't enjoy, I, I tried to avoid chocolate desserts uh, of all, cause I'm just not a big fan of chocolate unless there's a lot of peanuts or peanut butter involved. Mm. So Oreo cookie, my girlfriend loves Oreo cookies. And then she, uh, so I'll buy them and then she'll, she's like, I'm not eating these. And then I'm like, well, I guess I'll, I guess I'll, you know, take one for the team yeah. and I'll just, you know, house a whole package. But I guess I'll take 40 for the team. Yeah, for yeah. the team. And so then I've just kind of, I guess, grown to like them. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's just sugar, you know? So right. I'm just like, okay, you know, I'll just eat sugar. Like, you know, baked potatoes are just kind of edible spoons for all the other things you like. 
Awesome, man. How, how have you been? We we got deep into food and fruit talk immediately without checking in with you. Yeah. How what was good, man? Uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm doing okay. I'm trying to actively transform my brain from COVID mindset into I guess life is going to be happening again, at least on on some level. Like I went to a restaurant last night for the first time in a while where they didn't check. They didn't even check Vax card which, I mean, I walk in there with a mask on and everything, and they didn't even check Vax card when you sat down, and I was just kind of like, and I had that moment where I'm like, do I need to call the health department on these people? You know, and I'm just like, okay, maybe just try to be a person, right? And and, uh, because my girlfriend was getting upset with me. She's like, you know, you never want to take me out anywhere. And I mean, I'm a cheapskate, I'm frugal and all that kind of stuff, but I'm like, <laughs> but it's like not even on my top five things of like, oh, what should I do today? Like, it's not even top five. Like I should go out somewhere, to eat. right? Right. Or go do something in the world. And so I'm trying, I'm like trying my best to get like back into that mindset. Like, oh, it's okay. I mean, I'll go play pickleball with some buddies of mine out here on the West side. There you go. And she doesn't consider that a date? Just watching you play pickleball? <laughs> you see that sick drop shot I hit? Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, while you were working, you know, and, you know, stacking that cheddar, I'm out there with the guys, you know, with the, you're with the pickleball crew. Yeah. There are a bunch of comedians who who started playing about a year and a half ago, and it's so fun. I mean, pickleball is so fun. But uh, so I've been doing okay. I've been, you know, I'm actually I've been so busy. I feel like I've been busier during the, you know this pandemic than I was previously just because I was launching an app and three of my cousins who live in Cincinnati and I launched an app called Crystallize, E-Y-E-S, all one word. And it's a crystal identification app that is trying to focus and bring attention to ethically sourced crystals. And it's like all automated. It's like Shazam for crystals. Shazam for crystals. That's right. You don't get those conflict crises. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it's difficult. I mean, and it's such a, it's an unregulated industry as far as crystals go. I mean, obviously there are mining regulations all around the world and they differ like the United States. If you're buying crystals that are mined in the United States, you can pretty much feel good about it. Right. But then, you know, especially before the Taliban took back Afghanistan control of Afghanistan, like you didn't know if, cause there's a lot of crystals that come out of Afghanistan and it was such a, you know, it was always changing. The landscape was always changing. The Taliban takes control of this area, this mine, and then they lose it, you know, a month right. later. So it, it's so it's it's really difficult to kind of try to stay on top of it. But um, especially when you're trying to, you know, maintain a career and stand up comedy that went away and trying to restart <laughs> right. that and then run right, a podcast right. and all this other stuff. So but it's, it's keep you busy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's been well worth it. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun trying to navigate that tech space i suppose yeah is is what it is yeah very cool man all right well we're gonna get to know you even better in a moment first we're gonna tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about we're gonna check in with that other truck convoy (laughs) we'll get convoys so many the future is convoys all the way down so yeah we'll talk about like where they're at what their struggle is currently you know some of their ideas why they didn't end up disrupting the State of the Union and all that shit. And we'll talk about, and this is no bullshit, why the new Batman, the Batman, way too woke, way, uh, way too woke. Get out of here with A billionaire your helping people? Come on. <laughs> Get them. 
All of that, plenty more. But first, Ryan, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? Well, I don't think this will disappoint you. (laughs) At least I hope. Uh, I recently, one of my last Google searches was the connection between Bigfoot and the occult. Yes. Um, And... (laughs) This is, I, where, <laughs> this is where I yes. come. This is, <laughs> I, I just, real quick story. <laughs> I had Ryan on, uh, <laughs> I forget what the theme was, but it was one of our first live cracked podcasts at UCB Theater. And it was, the, the format was that a co-host and I would like sit there and different people would come out and like pitch an, a story to us on the prompt. And then we would talk to them about it. and. Ryan had me going with this like story <laughs> that was like so compelling and it was a mystery. I think like unsolved mysteries like was like part of the thing and it like kept heightening and heightening. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, where is this going to end? Then he was like, and then they smelled ammonia, which is a common scent associated with Sasquatch. <laughs> and I, my face just like <laughs> fell, but I you think know, it, was, uh, it was like Halloween based. It was like scary story. Yeah, it was Halloween based. Was the, that's uh, right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. But so you're a believer and I, I want to hear all about it. Yeah. Well, I've been, you know, I, I do paranormal investigations as well. And, you know, I'm currently working on like a, a, a doc series about that that ties into a, I just filmed an hour long comedy special at a, an old haunted school in Middletown, Ohio, actually. Damn. And so, you know, I have a theory that. And it's not an original theory, by the way, but I do think that all paranormal phenomena is connected through the foundation of of consciousness, whatever that even really is. Right. So I think that if you if you if you dive into believing, you know, making a choice to believe that consciousness connects everything in the universe, you know, it's like, well, okay, well, how can you tap into that? And you know, through occult ritual and old occult knowledge, they're basically our handbooks trying to tap into, you know, I don't know, changing the world around you through will and through intent. And, mm. you know, so and so there are there's a lot of evidence as far as people have written anyways, let's say it like that, when it comes to using the occult to contact extraterrestrials. And then there's also a lot of, you know, writings from people who are talking about how magic or what people would consider to be magic is the same. Uh, There are so many parallels between that and parapsychology and what they're trying to do in parapsychology to measure, you know, psychokinetic abilities in people. So I'm like, okay, well, there's two of the big three. You got, you know, paranormal abilities, you've got aliens. So, you know, where's, you know, let's find a connection between using the occult to try to connect with Sasquatch. And so that's what, so that's been my mission. Yeah, the last couple of weeks is, has anybody been writing about, you know, using like old occult knowledge or rituals when trying to establish contact with, with these creatures that, uh, many call Bigfoot. Huh. So it's, it's not enough to just go. (laughs) That's actually, that's actually from that, that noise is actually very specific to the uh, law of one which was channeled by Crowley. <laughs> Crowley just has like six pages of just loud Yelp noises, uh, you know, from Thoth. But, uh, you know, that is, <laughs> I've never done that out in the woods, by the way. But yeah, uh, you haven't lived then, brother. It does look like it's a lot of fun. I, 
You know, I have been on the top of a mountain and, you know, roared like a lion before just to, you know, right. release. As but, one does. Uh, right. Yeah, as one does. So so that's kind of like the rabbit holes I've been going down a- as of late. I, mm. I, I really love the possibility, though, that like that what you're pursuing is somehow that's like that was the secret. They just got to look back to this occult stuff, dude. I got Bigfoot to show up. A fucking dragon, uh, a werewolf. <laughs> this shit is crazy. I just started a theme park, connected. man. I'm a millionaire. Yeah, that's I cool mean, though. That the idea. Wait, so you're saying Crowley, like when he was writing about dark, like magic, that he would basically matched the Bigfoot call that people. Well, used? no, that was I was totally making oh, that joking. up. That okay. was a humor joke. joke. But there is uh, writings. There is writings from Crowley, and I'm no expert on on Crowley, but there are you know, rituals that he's laid out or that he laid out that will take you to these, what is it? Uh, it's A-E-T-H-E-R. I always say aether. I don't know if that's right or if it's ether or how you pronounce that, but these different dimensions, right? And there's rituals for each specific, like there's all these different dimensions, these aethers that you can go to. And where it is basically saying, you know, the way it is, it's like, this is how you communicate and this is how you, you know, summon aliens mm. and there's and what's interesting is there's this like really large you know character that shows up at least on one of these dimensions and she's described as being huge like just this giant powerful force that is overwhelming with all kinds of just every sensation you can imagine she is exuding this energy right and many people are fearful when they encounter this entity because it's just so overwhelming and so powerful. And, you know, and there's also, you know, so I'm trying to also figure out, well, what's the connection between psychedelics as well? Because so many people talk about encountering this powerful female presence and energy, you know, in this other dimension when they're doing these rituals. And so many people talk about their experience with DMT when they go in and they see this powerful female presence, right? That is also there. That is often described as like, She's the all-knowing. She is the everything, right? So are they seeing different versions of the same person or entity or energy or whatever we want to call it, you know, doing the occult ritual and then doing, you know, psychedelics? And then, you know, so what's the connection there? So it's just fun trying to figure out all these different connections. And I think consciousness is, you know, is what connects it all. And maybe the occult is like kind of a key to get into those doors when, you know, because I believe some people are just naturally born with the ability to access these things more than others. Mm. Yeah. I mean, even if you, like, approach it from an angle of, like, all of this stuff is really interesting because it's documenting, like, the collective unconscious or, like, how we connect with, like, you know, other humans and culture and stuff. Like, the, I, f- I find that stuff very interesting. And the fact that, when people go in there, there's a strong, like, feminine energy and, like, you know, presence makes sense. Because when you, like, look at the history of our species, the better half of our species at running things and, like, doing, you know, taking care of each other uh, has been held down and systematically exploited and uh, held out of positions of power, like, for... I feel like if somebody's just like approaching it like like an alien seeing humanity for the first time, like that would be the first thing they'd be like, "Wow, women 
are much better at all this shit than men and also are held out of being able to demonstrate that like very explicitly and purposefully. Well, here's the thing you got to understand, Alien, about all this. <laughs> like, right. Okay, what? You're mansplaining me? This is <laughs> to an alien now. That's cool shit, man. I, I always love to hear where you are in your journey. Well, I'll tell you, just as a little teaser, the um, I've been going back to the school to do paranormal investigations multiple times, and I did something called CE5 protocols, or at least a version of it, which is Dr. Stephen Greer, who's kind of at the forefront of disclosure, uh, as mm -hmm. far as like trying to get, you know, disclosure about UFOs and aliens. He's got these protocols that you can use to get close encounters of the fifth kind, which is human initiated sightings and or contact. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I want to do this stuff because I believe that ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, all this stuff are connected through consciousness. I don't think there's a real difference other than the mask they're wearing. So I want to do this alien stuff inside a very, you know, a famous inside the paranormal community haunted location where people are co constantly going all year round. Investigators are drawn to this place. So I was like, this is where I'm at. So I want to use alien contact stuff here. And then we're getting voices through these boxes. Right. And I know a lot of people think this is all, you know, pretty kooky, but. And it tells us to go east. I'm east. I'm east. I go out and I look east and there's one star in the sky. It looks like Procyon, but it might be serious. So I go back a few months later, which was about a week and a half ago. And I'm asking very specific questions now about, are you from Procyon? And nothing happens. Then I say, are you from Sirius, the dog star? And then the devices in the room that are supposed to measure like, you know, EMF readers and things like that, they start going bonkers. Which for a paranormal investigator, it's like, well, that's confirmation, right? I mean, right, right. because they're doing nothing. And then literally, as soon as I finish the word dog star, they go full on blast. And wow. so I'm like, we are communicating with ETs right now or some kind of intelligence or entity. So it was incredibly exciting. And so now it's like, well, where does the conversation go from here? If at all, you know, that's. That's the exciting part about doing something like this. It's like, okay, now I can, you know, try to get this conversation going. And then as human beings are always like, well, why? Well, what right. do you want to say? Like, what, why? As opposed to, you know, sometimes maybe just meeting someone is enough to have an impact on us. But we always want to be like, why did I meet that? You know, we're always looking for meaning, right? Right. Did you ask them what they thought of the band, Dog Star? <laughs> Keanu Reeves fronted. I, that would have been totally my, That's just like I would have been riffing. I would have been like, "Oh shit, what do I say? What do I say?" What do you think about Keanu? Wait, the readings are going down. They left. I they totally, left. I totally forgot about that. I did ask them what they thought about you know Sirius XM, right? As far as their royalties, uh, right. what they pay performers. Yeah. They're like they're going to go the way of XM radios. Really took a big swing on satellite radio. Don't think it's really a thing. More interested in podcasts, to be honest. Whoa. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. That was just your search history. <laughs> you like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where... First-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And 
Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise. The sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island. And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> you know, we're, we're learning shit. Let's go deeper. We'll be right back. And we're back. And Ryan, we do like to ask our guests, what is something you think is overrated? I think something that is extremely overrated is the quote unquote hustle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone talks about, oh, you got to hustle. You got to hustle to make it. 
You know, that's the most important thing in life is the hustle. You know, don't stop. You're on the grind. You got to get it done at all costs. Sacrifice it all. Sacrifice it all. And as someone who, you know, really bought into the hustle for years and was, you know, (laughs) you know, uh, as a result of that, you know, pretty isolated as far from my own personal life. You know, I think it's a product of, you know, being in Western society and capitalism is, you know, the end goal is the accumulation of material things and in the hustle leads to that. But so it's realizing that, you know, I think the pandemic made everybody kind of pause the hustle, at least in some ways. And I know for me, it was like, okay, this is actually a time for me to reflect on what is truly important in my life. And, you know, is the hustle, is the hustle a lie? And I knew intellectually that it was a lie, but actually integrating that into the way I operate, into the way I think, was a whole different ball game, and it's it's, it's a still a, a process that I'm in the early stages of. But yeah, the hustle just leads to a lot of you know VH1 the behind the music. I mean, nobody was ever happy when they got it all. I mean, no. you know, it's like how many of those did you have to watch as a kid to realize like, oh, okay, becoming super famous and becoming extremely wealthy doesn't make Solves these people happy. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Meanwhile, the rest of us are watching these stories and being like, well, if that was me, I'd be pretty damn happy. And it's like we just don't learn until we, you know, burn our hands on the stove. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of reminds me of just like when I was like reading into like positive psychology, you know, more than just like traditional psychology about like how do you opt like how do we use psychology, like optimize people's like, you know, well-being rather than like diagnosing deficiencies or problems using psychology. And like a lot of the stuff, too, just talks about like just really simply simple things of like having to reframe how you look at this like process of becoming happy because to your point right living in western civilization under capitalism and everything that's marketed to us is like can you get this can you afford to go here do you have these things and we are caught in this thing of like okay when i get to this place then i will be happy because I need its condition, it's conditioned on the acquisition of those things or status or whatever, versus merely saying, can I start being happy first and then let that dictate wherever I'm going? Like to really emphasize within myself that that is the most important thing, not really communicated to like the comparative analysis that I think makes most people like absolutely nuts, especially in the age of social media and how you, you know, from there figure out how do you make that work for yourself to the point of being like, why do I toil for this other thing more than emphasizing that me being happy is actually the most important thing and figuring that out first is like the way to do it. Yeah, for sure. And I love, I love that positive, the idea of emphasizing the positive. Yeah. I will say you, uh, up top of your, you know, saying overrated, you did quote, I don't know if this was intentional, the exact speech I give our team right before we start recording back to you said, Listen, you guys, you gotta hustle, you gotta <laughs> grind, yeah. and like you did it with the same intonation that I do it. I don't know if that I, was a coincidence, I, but there like, are no coincidences. I, you make some good points. You make some good points, and I'm gonna maybe add a an addendum where I say, unless you you don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so what does uh, it all mean? Uh, I, I'm kind of figuring out right now too, my I man. Know, man. Give me a second. <laughs> Uh, what is something you think is underrated? Underrated. And this is something that this is a hill I will, you know, stand on 
Oatmeal okay. raisin cookies. Wow. Oatmeal raisin cookies. Okay. I hear so much. It's it's like an orchard of shade thrown on oatmeal <laughs> raisin cookies, <laughs> and I will eat even a bad oatmeal raisin cookie hmm. because that's how good oatmeal raisin cookies are. And I'm not sure if it's the raisin, mm. which is, I think, a pretty divisive, yeah. you know, fruit. Yeah. And it can go a lot of different directions. Yeah. Know? And, but the oatmeal raisin cookie is just so darn good. So mm. I, I agree. Occasionally love me an oatmeal raisin cookie. I will say your credentials as a cookie appreciator to could be from some listeners in, in question because you just found out about Oreos 14 months ago for the record. Ago. <laughs> uh, Let the record so. show that, my honor. <laughs> your honor. <laughs> But I do. I yeah. I think I think they're definitely underrated. I think it's probably a result of America being like seventy percent diabetic or pre-diabetic people, <laughs> and so we're our blood just like craves as much sugar as possible, and there are cookies that are like more efficient at delivering it. But I mean, the sugar cookie, an all-time classic. Oh yeah, I mean, love a sugar cookie. Yeah, I mean, just talk about it serving it right up on a plate for you. I mean, you want sugar? Here's a sugar cookie. Here's a yeah, sugar man. disc disguised <laughs> as a cookie. Eat that. I. It's funny. I think the way I remember as a kid, the way I looked at it was there was this era where the chocolate chip cookie was like the the king. You know, like whether that was a depiction in like a movie or something or media, like you bring fresh chocolate chip cookies out the oven. And my grandmother loved oatmeal raisin cookies, and she would always keep those at her house. So when I was a kid, I always be like, "Can we have chocolate chip? Do you have any? Do you have any chocolate chip cookies?" She's like, "No, I got these oatmeal raisin cookies." And I was like, "God, fuck it all! Like, I just want these <laughs> chocolate chip cookies." So my relationship with the oatmeal raisin cookies started off as like a conflict of being like, hmm. "Why can't you just have these cookies from my childish palate that I like?" But over the years, I have gravitated more towards just straight up oatmeal raisins. I in the cookie, they kind of I don't know, they fuck with me. But I do appreciate an oatmeal cookie like none other in recent years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the important aspect of an oatmeal cookie is it can't be cooked hard, right? The yeah, like yeah. I think the beauty of an oatmeal cookie is that it has to be i mean obviously any cookie is better warm fresh out of the oven i think but Mm -hmm. although there are some cookies that don't even need baked but the i think the key to the success of an oatmeal raisin cookie is it's not cooked to be you know real solid necessarily it has to have some softness and some crumble to it yeah some crumble crumble yeah all right well i for some reason i think raisins always struck me as like too close to what if I ate a real squishy bug? What, only when uh, they're in cookies, though. A bug that lived a really long, yeah. hard yeah. life. You yeah. know, like, like those raisins look like bugs. Like, I'll tell you a thing or two about being on the vine. Yeah. You're yeah. like, you talking about Herbert Hoover? You're like, oh, no. Oh, put oh, that shit. raisin back in the back. <laughs> we used to put our pockets inside out. Called them Hoover flags for how broke we were because of that man. Mm. All right. Well, we've spent a lot of time getting to know you, uh, which is great because you are a fascinating person. But we should get to some of the news stories of the day or of the week, one of which is the convoy, which I hadn't really been following this. I guess you guys spoke about it on the day I was out, Miles. Yeah. 
there there are multiple <laughs> there's so many fucking convoys right now. The one we spoke about on Monday was this very specific one that was meant to shut DC down on the day of the State of the Union. And we talked about how like twelve people showed up and not <sighs> one of them was a truck. And <laughs> they the, didn't have a truck. Dude, there wasn't even a truck. And the guy at the the dude who was like the organizer was like, and you know, and I talked to some truckers and like they were gonna come. I don't know what happened, but it was gonna look like so cool. Is what the guy said. <laughs> it was going to look, look so really cool, cool with some trucks there, uh, but they didn't show up. And, you know, I think a lot of people, this has become a really popular grift format now on the right, because there's this other convoy that started out too, like in California that was making its way across the country. And I think a lot of people saw a lot of these, like this footage of these like trucks going by their towns and be like, holy shit, this is getting pretty big. They are definitely now numbering in about the hundreds of vehicles with the numerous tractor trailers as part of this. And they they got into the the Beltway area recently. But I just want to talk a little bit about like what's sort of behind this. So far, they've raked in around one point seven million dollars in loose donations. And it's being all these funds are being processed by a group called the American Foundation for Civil Liberties and Freedoms. The person who's involved in the organization like for the, the Freedom Convoy, as well as this AFCLF group, one of these like, figures has been convicted of fraud in the past, but don't let that affect how you look at what this group is doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they seem to be made up of mostly like really confused, like dumb people because their goals are not clear. And notably, it's not rife with conspiracy theories, unlike another tr- convoy we'll talk about in a second. But their whole like, Mission statement is, quote, the average American worker needs to be able to end run the economic hardships of the last two years and get back to business of making bread so they can pay their rents, mortgages and help jumpstart this economy. To that end, it's time for elected officials to work with the blue collar and white collar workers of America and restore accountability and liberty by lifting all mandates, which is already happening. So what is the point, y'all? And that's where they're having a real crisis um, as a group. Like there are some people who are like, I don't want to get caught up. Some people are like, we don't want to go near DC. So let's just drive around the beltway just to show people how many people are part of this. But the traffic was so bad that like their convoy kind of got split up by like other cars that weren't involved. And they're like, and they're getting frustrated because some people like we need to be doing more like they want to park their trucks like right up Joe Biden's ass. And other people are like, we can't get near DC because we're going to get false flagged January 6th. And it's going to ruin the movement. So just stay out of D.C. And it's it's like, huh? So I'm not sure what your plans exactly are. But it's just kind of really funny to me that this group, like, that they saw January 6th as being bad or to be associated with it as bad. But then they use the logic of it's a setup to keep the cognitive dissonance going. And then that same logic is actually preventing them from actually doing any direct action in D.C. So they're like, I feel Hmm. like this is the best metaphor I've ever seen for conservatives in America, because they want to gesture towards being persecuted and the underdog. And they organize this big thing to get the government to end the covid restrictions. The government is already doing that because they are on the side of big business. <laughs> like right. they, that's just naturally happening. You, and now they're like still doing the like it's fucking Mad Max and they're the bad guys like gesture. Tor- but 
the government has already capitulated because they're on the same side as like the most <laughs> powerful thing, the least persecuted thing in America and maybe world history, which is the interest of big business and, you know, commerce in the United States. Right. But like they can't they're not happy with that, like symbolically and like from an well, image perspective, they they need to act, find something to complain about. So hopefully yeah. they can switch streams seamlessly to yeah. whatever the fuck their next thing is. I think they will, because we all know the, you know, the image of, you know, the wall that starts bursting holes and you rush to plug each hole and a new one pops open. Right. Well, this is like the opposite of that. Like the, like they have there's a source somewhere for this collective rage. Right. And, you know, you know, it's it's it probably stems from, you know, lots of different things, entitlement, which is one of them. But they are the water behind the wall and the world is patching the holes. And they're like, well, we have to put this rage somewhere into a different form now. And so they pop a new hole to he over here. And right. so now it's like, well, now we'll do the, you know, truck convoy. And then you now it's like, well, the mandates are being lifted. And so that hole gets plugged. And now they're like, okay, now they're rushing to find a new hole to burst in the wall that will get plugged. It, it's just, it's, it's really wild because, you know, there's, and it's also like this, we, People have such a desire for a savior, right? Whether it was Trump or, you know, other people. I know for me, it might even have been borderline Bernie Sanders, right? And so it's like, I want someone else to, like, save us all from right. this stuff. Get control of this. Yeah, instead of me having right. to really do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Bernie will take care of it for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can sit here and, you know, watch baseball if they ever end their labor dispute, which is disgusting. But, like... And, you know, so it's like, where is all this displaced rage coming from? What's the source of that? And, yeah. you know, how do we fix that, you know, while they keep trying to, while the well, rest of the whole world's trying to plug, or, you know, burst new holes while we try to plug them simultaneously. And it's funny that you talk about, like, what do we do with all this energy? Because, like I said, there's another, like, I guess, sect of this convoy or, like, adjacent convoy that's also going to D.C. And these were people... This is the QAnon one, okay? And this is a lot of, there's a lot of people who are participating in this one were the same group of folks who are in Dallas waiting for JFK Jr. to fucking come back from the dead to proclaim Trump, you know, supreme God, Lord, leader. And it didn't happen. And so all they now, got was fucking Prince playing right. a concert for them, the poor bastards. Right, with Michael Jackson on drums or, or yeah. keys or something. You're going to want to put Michael Jackson on drums for sure. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Underutilized. Yeah. So now these people are now putting all of their eggs in this trucker convoy basket, but they're all for these guys, their sort of mythology and their motivation is centered around Ukraine. So this one is they're saying that they allege that what is happening in Ukraine right now is some is like a project, a collabo between Trump and Putin to secretly stop bioweapons from being made by Anthony Fauci in Ukraine. And so they're shelling all the biolabs, the secret biolabs in Ukraine to prevent Fauci from having these bioweapons. And they want to bring attention to that. But they're also in a convoy. So it's so very pro-invasion. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, of course. Because they don't know what they're, it's really they're about. They're mainlining man. like they're they're mainlining like Kremlin propaganda and re 
like sort of contextualizing it to work with their you know, conspiracy theories. I blame Marvel for all of this. I blame the success of the Iron Man franchise, <laughs> uh, the Avengers. And because, I mean, these, these like stories, these ideas are so comic book, superhero. Yeah, yeah, right. Style fantasies. And as someone who used to be really into conspiracy theories, I, you know, I can, I understand and I can sympathize a little bit with like when something happens, it's like people who follow a false prophet, you know, and right. then that, that day that they predict something is going to happen, doesn't happen. 50% of the people who follow that prophet, they double down as opposed to being like, oh, clearly this was all BS. I need to get out of here. Yeah. But no, yeah. they don't do that because we don't want to admit we're wrong. And yeah. it's just like, oh my God, are we, we're just that simple, I we're, suppose. Yeah. They'll double and, down themselves into a singularity. Oh, my gosh. It's like it's like to think that that there is this, you know, and I think the problem with this is a lot of people don't understand that so much of the conspiracy theory talk and, the you know, the banks and, the, you know, the one world order, they don't understand like the, the you know, the anti-Semitic origins of so much of this conspiracy theory lore that they buy into from the the protocols of the learned elders of Zion, which is such a bogus document that Henry right. Ford helped spread around. Yeah. And and it's like they so when they talk about George Soros, man, George yeah, Soros. And it's it's like, okay, George Soros is a billionaire or whatever. But you know, it's like this the origin of of all this fear, anger, and hatred, you know, comes from such a poisonous place. Right. And it just keeps bastardizing itself into new forms. And yeah. most of these conspiracy theories, you know, you mention because I'll talk to them. And if you ever even mention the protocols, they've never even heard of them. And, right. But you they're know, basically quoting them. Like, exactly. What? Right. And yeah. it's like, I want to be president. Well, oh, what do you think about George Washington? Who's that guy? Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> is he trying to run against me? It's like, no, he's <laughs> the first president. He's running right? against me. <laughs> Damn. But the one thing that's very American though about the the other the trucker convoy is they're really pissed that this that Ukraine is getting all the attention from the news. They're like, "Oh, great. A fucking war breaks out in Europe and that's all people are talking about and like the humanitarian aid that's needed. What about our trucker convoy?" And then oh they made God. some really salient points about like, well, what about what's happening in Yemen and all these other places? Is it just why do you pay attention to Ukraine? No, they're they like, wait, hold that. on, go on. He's like, OK, well, Yemen uh, right just now, the United States <laughs> is backing the Saudi Arabian government in a right. really horrific war that's causing untold amounts of strife. And we're not talking about that. You're like, when did you learn? It's like, I just it's in my telegram group. <laughs> talk about this stuff now. Yeah. It's it's unstoppable. It seems like that that reading that conspiracy theory models that you just put forth about Fauci and Ukraine, and that like you know Trump and Putin are working together, like just was so deflating because it was just so it was like wow this has metastasized like fifty times since I last even like checked in with it at, at a right. glance and um. Man, it's it's pretty wild. It's I'm having a moment of uh, clarity over here. Yeah. You know, in the paranormal world, uh, often people who are, are skeptical or argue against certain things will say, well, you can't use something even more unbelievable to explain something that's unbelievable. And so when you examine this issue and like what are this these events that are happening right now about the, you know, the invasion of Ukraine. 
it's like, well, why would, you know, why is this really happening? And then it's like, okay, this is like, it's unbelievable, right? To a lot of right. us. And so it's like, and then you then steps in the, the more unbelievable explanation to explain the unbelievable, like, well, there's obviously secret labs over there that, you know, you know, so it's like this idea of using something even further out on the spectrum of belief to explain something below it is, is something that a lot of us will do in our lives for all kinds of things. I know I'm speaking for myself, sure. you know, cause I'm so involved in, and interested in paranormal things. And it's easier than accepting the harsh, real truth of our reality like the pandemic, like it can't just be nature saying, I am going to put you in your place. I am yeah. going to really do something that you can't stop. You have no control over. And guess what? There's no real explanation for it that you can make of like, as far as like ascribing meaning from. And so instead of facing the truth as human beings of like, oh man, nature is so powerful. We can't control nature. We say oh, it was it was made a bunch of labs by you know the uh, by this foreign government because you know blah blah it's a psyops blah 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 right. blah it's a social experiment by the new world order. It's like this crazier you know examination of the cause gets created as opposed to just accepting the simple truth that like yeah this is you know we try to dominate nature our social status is dictated by how well we dominate nature like do you have a good lawn. Do you have a nice looking yard? Because if you don't, you you're, letting, check. you're letting nature take you over. And that's not how we define status here because we're human beings right. and we control nature. Right. So it is this whole worldwide consumption of grief and world news on an individual basis is just really a lot to handle for any single person. Yeah. For me, I don't take care of my lawn. But I do display my mastery over nature by just, like, having lots of animal and bird traps all over my front lawn <laughs> and then mocking the birds and animals once I catch them. And people still, and like, don't respect it. It's, it's I want to see a squirrel convoy outside your, uh, your driveway, just circling your driveway. They're coming. They're coming. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about how the Batman ties into uh, what we were just talking about. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire kardashian clan and if you're looking for steamy streams check out grand cayman secrets in paradise the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical caribbean island of grand cayman where the rich come to play but be warned it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long so come check out what's new on hulu this month it's streaming now and it's waiting for you on hulu 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And I, I still haven't seen the Batman. Have you guys seen the Batman? Not yet. Not yet. It's, I think it's going to be one of the first movies to pull me out to end my streak of not going to the movies. Yeah. Because I feel like now, like between, you know, like for me, I look at like the pandemic is like, all right, we're between peaks. Like this is that little bit of time you can do something till the next wave. And then it's, you know, back to being safe. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I've heard some good things. Super producer Justin has seen it, says it's amazing. I'm excited to see it. But Ben Shapiro, less excited, has seen it. Uh, apparently, we don't know about that, actually, because he tends to just, you know, approach everything as how is it going to let him stand on a soapbox to look a little bit taller and also uh, preach to us about 
whatever the fuck he wants to preach about. But this is there's a trend happening right now, both from your Ben Shapiro, the Daily Wire and YouTube commentators who are all saying that the, sh- the movie is too woke because it has a line that mentions that the fact that Batman's a privileged billionaire who inherited billions of dollars, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. the fact that they expect you not to me- like that, that it's weird to mention it as opposed to not mention it is strange, right? Like, I feel like, again, taking the alien tester, an alien who comes to Earth and you watch this movie and one of the people is like wealthier than any human in the history of the, you know, for most of the history of the human civilization is just like inordinately wealthier than anybody else in his town and is the main character. And like, you don't mention that seems like you would be like, that's, that's fucking weird. But the fact that somebody who is talking to him references it is funny to me or is like outrageous to them, which is funny to me. And then there's also like Batman's relationship with police and like their complaint with it seems to be that like the there is a there are like corrupt, bad white police. And like here, I'm just going to read from the thing. Woke politics affecting the Batman. All the bad characters are white men, Falcon, Penguin, Riddler. Commissioner, Chief DA, ignorant, rich, white boy, Bruce Wayne. But all the good guys are black. Gordon, Catwoman, Mayor. Nice work, Hollywood. Uh, Bruce Wayne is the <laughs> is the protagonist of the movie. They threw, they threw him in with the bad guys. And uh, another tweet. In Batman, there is one line of racist dialogue, and there was no need for all of that. It was pathetic and woke. But yeah, just transparently racist criticism to try and make that because there are good characters that are black, that it's the movie is racist. Well, uh, people point to the fact that the the line of dialogue that quote white men running Gotham City, they're like, what the fuck was the, even the point of that? <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> look sorry. around. Look at the fucking look at the C suites of all the fucking companies. Look at the fucking makeup of most of the lead political leadership. What? What you're telling me this isn't reflecting a real re- measurable, quantifiable reality, but okay, yeah. too woke. But you better not make Spider Man, you know, not a white guy. You know, like this whole idea you pick and choose who should be what color, right? Like, as far right. as like what changes yeah. the lore of comic history and all this other kind of stuff. And it's just, it's just that hypersensitivity of right. someone who's, you know, taking a piss on someone else's lawn and being like, I'm not pissing. I'm not right. pissing over here. It's like, no, your your dick is out. <laughs> and like, there's right. cr- there's critiques of the movie coming from the other direction that seem more reasonable to me. Like right. that white a white vigilante breaking the law while the police look the other way, which is the, basically the premise of the movie, yeah. feels like a bad badly timed commentary after a decade where we saw George Zimmerman and Kyle Rittenhouse and Ahmaud Arbery's killers and people taking selfies with the guys storming the Capitol building. But I guess like there's a critique of uh, Dark Knight Rises and like compliments of that movie from the right because they say that like Bane's mob are supposed to be Occupy Wall Street. But it's like, well, 
like it's not first of all they don't really look like occupy wall street and second of all like it could just be them putting a character in who has a legitimate or giving the bad guys a legitimate complaint which is that there's like massive inequality like that doesn't it's not a movies are not written as like epic slams that ultimately are making fun of a single target they're like taking ideas from the culture around them the one thing that I found notable though about like how this movie interacts with the zeitgeist relates to the story we were just talking about, which is the Riddler character, who I guess like a lot of people are saying, it seems like an incel QAnon esque figure peddling online conspiracy theories. But we find out early on that the Riddler's theories are basically totally accurate. <laughs> which that that feels like one where it's like, all right, like that's there's no two ways about like figure that that's just like we we don't want to be sending that message. Maybe and right he now. was right. Right. Like what kind of deus ex machina scene? Like if you played that logic out, would be like and then Dr. Fauci came out with his hands up from the secret bio lab in Ukraine. Right. You see? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's what would happen in comic books. Right. Right. That is like to Ryan's point. Like I think that's when you interjected with the, that. Like they they've just read too many comic books, or that you blame Marvel when they were talking about Fauci like being in a secret lab in an apartment building, and that's why like the bombings are happening there. Like, right. but that is the plot of if you were rewriting it to like make it a more interesting comic book plot. Like that. Yeah, and it's write. and you know. At the end of the day, it is the only way for someone to rationalize supporting such a character, you know, whether it's Trump or whoever else. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. because in the face of all evidence, one must find an extraordinary reason to keep buying in. And so I think it kind of proves, you know, kind of shows, you know, the, the level one must go to manufacture and or create a reason to keep supporting you know, something, whether it's him or anybody else, when it, when things start going down these roads. And my favorite critique is like, good job, Hollywood. You mirrored society in some kind of way that art has been doing since the very beginning of cave paintings. You right. you showed us back what is happening around us. Oh, well done. Whoa, hope you're proud. It's like, is that what not is not great? Not all art is equal, I suppose, right. when it comes to cultural commentary and, you know, allegories and meaning and metaphors but it's just like what do you think's happening or what do you think art is what do you think you know movies are i I just what do you think stories being told and you know in these visual mediums you think they're just supposed to be totally acting like a pandemic never happened acting like injustice isn't real yeah what do you think think stories have been yeah and i think it just shows the dedication for those groups of people to avoid confronting those realities you know like Mm -hmm. and the the whatever they can, whether that's through dismissing, like saying like, oh, the reason why there's increased, you know, consciousness around inequality as it relates to like racial inequality in this country is it's because of critical race theory in the schools. It's not because it's enough human beings have witnessed it and have, are slowly arriving to a consensus. We're like, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, but they're your ideas super are in- fucked, man. Yeah, and super invested. In, and even too, like to the point of like why some characters have to be white. I think those people aren't even willing to confront a deeper understanding for them where they feel that the most righteous figures in our world are white people and so to 
to for it to be, not be a white person, that that's now somehow completely perverting the meaning of a character. If, if you're just saying broadly, this superhero stands for good in the face of evil. Right. It could be interchangeable with fucking any living thing. But when you start tinkering around with how these people look and what that means to certain people, then it's a whole other thing. But now you changed everything. And Gen X, as a member of Gen X, I'm, you know, I'm like disappointed in, you know, the Gen X footprint. I mean, when we were kids, we ran around and be like, marijuana is going to be legal everywhere. You know, all this stuff's going to be, you know, better and better and better. And then Gen X starts getting poisoned by the, you know, the, you know, having good stock returns and inheriting their family's businesses and things like that. And it just starts to become the same old story. And yeah, but they do it with sarcasm, bro. (laughs) Like see the Koch brothers be this sarcastic asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Like I give a shit. Yeah, I mean, like, the fact that, you know, guys I went to high school with are calling me a snowflake. Right. <laughs> it, 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 it really boggles my mind. And I, and I do understand that, you know, Parallel Dimensions, the multiverse is, is, is more real than it's ever been in our lives. You know, we are living in different worlds. You know, fractured media, all these other, th- these different experiences. We create our own bubbles. And so we are, we do have totally different experiences of what reality is and you know trying to find the bridge to to connect to people that seem more disparate than other from us is you know a challenge that you know quite frankly is exhausting and you know it can be really difficult to try to keep keep up the good fight of you know, because, you know, when you start, I don't know what you guys think about it, when you start you know all this chatter about like oh the you know we're gonna have two Americas soon you know, we're just going to split off into two Americas. And it's like, it's so much easier to say that on the internet than it is saying it to a person who believes different, differently than you across a table or standing in a room with that person. You know, all this talk about civil war and all this other kind of stuff. It's so easy to put that on the internet. But when you, you know, like when I go do comedy shows in the Midwest or in the South, and people think differently than I do, we're still all laughing at a lot of the same jokes, hopefully, right? If I'm doing my job. Mm -hmm. And that whole idea of like, everything is so boiled over to the point of breaking that, that might be true on the internet, but like inside the device, it's so much easier to be divided. So, and the pandemic didn't help because we're all forced to be inside of our devices. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's like a virtual space that's harder to keep things right-sized. You know, both yeah. from an actual perspective, like thing you lose actual perspective, and also from a just mind perspective. But yeah, also it's interesting. Like we talked at the beginning, how there's like no cultural imprint of the 1918 pandemic. We talked about that at the beginning of the pandemic. We we're like, why? Like it, it seems like this one's going to be all anyone's talking about for the next few years. Like there's no movie that. I want to watch that's like showing people having to wear masks or yeah. like even acknowledging the, the right. pandemic. Even like Station Eleven was like hard for me to watch in the beginning because it's like, oh god, shit's shutting down and people yeah. are like scrambling in the chaos and like, Ugh. yeah. And it was a different thing. I written before even the pandemic, so I'd like, imagine like yeah. younger creative people are. This is probably a very formative thing that it will express itself in like art down the road that will be like, holy shit, that's like that there, there's that impression of, of the pandemic that we're getting now, maybe a few years later. 
I mean, are yeah. we ever allowed to just to have a little space between and take a breath, yeah. right? As opposed to, oh, this is happening now. How can we, how can we monetize this as an idea? It's like, can't we just give ourselves a break every once in a while and just kind of no, like. because it's, it. <laughs> it's all about the hustle. It's all about the fucking Dude, hustle, Did you not man? listen to my speech before what we started the, sorry, recording? <clears throat> I, uh, God, yeah. This non-hustling ass. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to that point, so I always talk about the the book, The Pl- the Plague by Albert Camus, and he was born in 1913. So he was five when right. the, you know, massive pandemic happened. And then, you know, decades later, he wrote the best novel about a, a plague in the modern world from that. But yeah, it'll probably take a while. So Good point. All right, Ryan, such a pleasure <laughs> having you as always. <laughs> this has been fun. Great to see everybody again. Yeah, um, man, always. And can I plug the website real quick for the app? For yeah, yeah. I'm about to ask you where people oh. can find you, follow you, download Crystal Eyes, and whatever the fuck you want to tell them. Tell them. It's, okay. The floor so, is yours. Yeah. So if you love crystals and you want a crystal identifier app that also focuses on building kind of a community around people who want to feel good about feeling good with an emphasis on ethically sourced crystals. We've got a free guide. We, you can start your crystal collection in the app. We've got news articles by crystal experts and other people in geology as well uh, with information. So there's a little bit of science. There's a lot of spirituality there. And it's crystallize. It's all one word, crystal, E-Y-E-S dot app is the website. And uh, backslash download. It's Android. It's iPhone. It's free. There's also premium options if you want unlimited snaps and unlimited personal collection size. But uh, yeah, so right now we identify 100 crystals approximately, and we're currently working on adding 200 more, hopefully by mid-April. So it'll be able to ident- Shazam 300 different crystals about, you know, by by this time next month, hopefully. And then yeah, it's just me and my three cousins. So we're kind of a, you know a family business. Nice. Trying to uh, help crystal lovers connect in a deeper way with mm. uh, with the things that they love so much. Southern Ohio represent. Yep. And uh, is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Oh, my goodness gracious. On TikTok, which took me a minute to get involved, <laughs> Drennan Davis, who's a comedian, very funny guy, he's doing these cat videos where he's got these four cats and he has given them all personalities and names and he's always filming them having conversations with each other around the house. It is, if you find Adrenan Davis on TikTok, you can see what I'm talking about. It, it's, it's bonkers how good it is. It is, it is bonkers how funny this stuff is. So that's the thing probably I'm enjoying the most, uh, right now on social media. Nice. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for joining us. Miles, where can people find you? What is a tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram, at Miles of Gray. Also, if you like reality TV messes, check out 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra and I. Some tweets that I like. First one is from Krister Johnson. At Krister Johnson tweeted, My 11-year-old son just discovered Tetris. Came home to him boasting about scoring 15,000 points. Cracked my knuckles and played the played for the first time in 25 years. Dropped 73,000 points on his head. Whoa. Now he's angrily muttering to himself, and I'm doing karate kicks on the front porch. <laughs> it's another good way to demonstrate your yes. uh, supremacy to your neighbors. <laughs> supremacy what happened? Nature. Dude, just fucking smashed my 11-year-old on Tetris. That's what I'm celebrating. Anyway, 
And the other one is from at SLVPPY. Slappy, again, another funny tweet said, you dodge your mom's belt and she's going to tell the whole family you tried to fight her. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, tweet I've been enjoying. Chris and Arnett tweeted, cut my timeline into pieces. This is some bad discourse. Damn it. Oh. <laughs> I always like that. I like I like anything in that format. Give it to me. Right my beans. Uh, you can find me at Jack underscore O'Brien on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. And Miles, what song will that be today? Oh man, let's go out on some some dub, you know, just some deep dub reggae because it's it's a vibey, vibey, vibey kind of music. I love to play it in the background. It just also I feel like I'm expanding into infinity with a lot of those reverbs that they use. Uh, so this is from King Tubby himself, and it's called Flag Dub. So check this out, and why don't you expand along with the dub sounds of King Tubby? Yeah, yeah. Also just quickly related to my previous one <laughs> eve six tweeted like the actual eve six sometimes i thank 17 year old me for writing the heart in a blender line because he was like we <laughs> here you go buddy this awful line is going to make it so you never have to get a job <laughs> be, <laughs> it's so funny because so many of those like so many songs just sound like they're written and make perfect sense as if you if you're like, oh, this was written by a 16 year old who just had their heart broken for the first time. <laughs> Anyways, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us yep. this morning. But we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. And we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.